It's my pleasure to uh, introduce our speaker once again. We, I introduced him at the start of class, and if you missed class today, I encourage you to go back and watch the recording of it because there was some great information uh, presented in that class. But we today are blessed to have Joey Sparks of the Parish Church of Christ over in Alabama here with us to address this focus we have on technology. And he presented a great class earlier. We've got this session. We'll have a, a meal after this and then a one o'clock session. I encourage you to stick around for both. Joey is, uh, has been working with the parish congregation for uh, over eight years. But prior to that, he was a youth minister in, in Jasper area of Alabama. He's a graduate of Freed Hardeman and Heritage Christian. And we're just so blessed to have him and his family, his wife Amanda, his daughters Hazel and Nora are with him as well. And he's gonna continue this study on technology. I do wanna draw one thing to your attention. In the normal handout slots, Joey has provided us a, uh, a handout, not to fill out, but with some questions and some resources for you to uh, consult and consider when it comes to your use of technology. They are located outside all of the doors. I encourage you to grab one of those. They will pertain primarily to the one o'clock session, but wanted you to be aware that they existed and were available for you if you want to consult those. And with that, we're going to turn it over to Brother Joey. Kyle, thank you each and every one of you for your presence here this morning. Uh, thank you so much for the invitation to be with you. Uh, thank you for your hospitality. I'm especially thankful for your work for the Lord in this part uh, of our country and this part of the state. And it's been a joy to be with you already. And what a joy it is now to, to study a few more minutes from the Word of God. We're going to be in Matthew 13. We'll begin in verse 44 in just a moment. Matthew 13 will be in verse 44. I do hope that you'll be back at 1 o'clock today. Kyle mentioned the handouts. Those especially pertain to that lesson. Don't know really how far we'll get into that information. So the handout just kind of contains the breadth of that information. And uh, hope that that's helpful, especially for parents as you try to navigate this world for yourself, but also equipping your children to live in this world and for them to be adults in this world in the, the ages to come, the generations to come. It was in July of 2017, so almost six years ago, uh, that a container truck picked up a load of leftover bread dough from a bread factory and was headed toward a plant that processes pet food, dog and cat food. And it was a warm day, and it got caught in traffic. Can you all relate to that? Traffic issues? It got caught in traffic, and motorists began to kind of panic because they saw these big bubbles just billowing over the side of the container falling down on the road around it, and it had to pull over to clean up the mess. It had this bread dough that had yeast within it, and within the heat of the day, it began to do what yeast does. It kept rising and kept rising and kept rising all the way over the edge of the container. That would be a wild scene if you saw it in person, but the yeast wasn't doing anything special. It was doing what yeast does. In the right environment, yeast works. In the right environment, yeast expands. In the right environment, yeast makes a difference. That's how we close the first session, is that Jesus, in telling us these parables, he's told us that those who are in his kingdom will be those who hear his word, but they begin to have their own lives changed and then make a difference through their obedience. So we're difference makers. The kingdom is made up of difference makers. And we as difference makers are then mixed in throughout the world 
so that we will make a difference within the world. We're just like that yeast within dough, making a difference everywhere that we are. As we pick up in Matthew 13 and continue reading, we see how these also help us to frame our perspective and mindset toward the use of technology. Look at verse number 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. We might say this man stumbled upon the treasure of the kingdom. But when he did stumble upon it, he realized what he had found, and thus he sacrificed everything he had in order to obtain it. But then keep reading. Look at verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. We see the common thread between the two parables, right? That they both were willing to sell all that they possessed in order to obtain the good news of the kingdom. But the pearl guy is different from the treasure guy because the pearl was seeking the pearl of great price. So you have one who stumbles upon the good news of the kingdom. He becomes a hearer. But then you have one who is seeking the good news and he finds and sees the value. And so this kingdom, the kingdom message, the gospel, is worth parting with all that we have in order to obtain it. And the message for us as it relates to technology is that no matter how one can come to find the good news of the kingdom, whether it's a stumbler or whether it's a seeker, the internet increases opportunities to reach in both directions. Whether it's through social media or whether it's through archiving videos or archiving Bible lessons, those who are looking for the gospel of Jesus Christ can find it through the internet. But likewise, and maybe especially this is the case for social media, those who don't necessarily know they're looking for it, they can stumble upon it through our lives, through our posts and our pictures, and come to see just how valuable the kingdom and the kingdom message is for them. But we keep reading. We look at verse number 47. We see another parable. It's very similar to the wheat and the weeds, but there is a difference. So verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net, that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what he's saying again is that there is not a separation here. Those who are in his kingdom, the righteous, are living amongst those who are unrighteous. There will come a day, a day of judgment, when they, we will be separated. But not right now. The difference between this parable and the previous, the wheat and the weeds, is that this says there are fish of every kind. The mission of the kingdom, the mission of the church, the mission of the gospel, is a global mission. See, in the first telling of the parable, the wheat and the weeds, it was, it was just wheat. And you can see how a Jew, Jewish audience would have thought, well, this is going to be a Jewish kingdom. It's going to be people who look like us who come from a background that we've come from. But now Jesus is telling a parable with a similar point to say there's going to be fish of all kinds. You look different, you sound different, you talk different languages, you eat different, but you can be righteous in the kingdom of God by hearing and following the gospel message. So think about how this now connects to our online presence. We can spread this mission globally more effectively than ever before. Think of how mission work changed with 
air travel. And now think about how mission work can change and has changed through the advent of video and Bible study sharing digitally. How, quote, mission work can happen and change at a local level because of social media. And so we have been given a kingdom to make a difference within the world, but literally around the world, the global mission for our God. But then notice next, as we think about being difference makers, we're made up of, Christ's kingdom is made up of difference makers, and so we must make a difference, not just make a point. It's a little bit of a review from last time, but connecting those two parables. We must seek to influence because that is more valuable than seeking attention. But notice how this comes to a conclusion in verse number 52. If we recognize that's our mission, to make a difference, make a difference throughout, throughout the world, the global mission, we might ask, well, how is that going to happen? And verse 52 gives us a glimpse as to how that is to happen. This is maybe the most overlooked parable of this chapter. Some scholars may not even really fully consider it a parable like the rest. But I think it's got a great insight for us and our application in terms of technology. So look at chapter 50, or chapter 13, verse 52. He said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven. That's important language because he's been teaching and using parables to an audience who does not get it. Right? And he's working with the disciples to help them get it more fully. But then you've got those in Nazareth who are not getting it. So he's saying, if you truly and when you truly understand the message of the kingdom, you'll be like this. Here's what he says. You're like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. So the image is someone who owns a great house, a mansion, and you have guests over and you're bringing out fancy dishes or valuables, and you're bringing out of your storehouses, and it's from all different eras, but they all have the same source. And the point he's making is, you go back in context in the chapter, he's quoted from Isaiah 6, he's quoted from Psalm 78, as to why he would use parables in his teaching. And he's saying, when you get it, when you understand the message of the kingdom, you'll be able to see that all that was said about me is now being fulfilled in me, and that this message of the kingdom, it's been said before. So while a parable in this chapter may sound, quote, new, it's coming from the same source as all of that that was said before through the prophets and the other teachers of the Old Covenant. So just think about that image. The ability to bring out any treasure from any era and it have the same source. There's a place you could go in Virginia. It's in a shopping mall. And it has every Bob Ross painting left from his TV show. And it's pretty hidden. It's not easily found. It's not open to the public. But if you met the lady that kind of oversees that, and you tell her, well, bring me a painting from, from season four, maybe episode 11. Bring me a painting from, from season 13 and episode two. Bring me a, a painting from ep, you know, season 30, episode 12. And she brings these paintings out you would no doubt be able to see differences in all the paintings. Well, this is from that era of his life, and this is from another era of his life. But you would also be able to see it has the same stroke behind it all. It's the same artist behind every painting. That's the same general point Jesus is making here. I've pulled out treasures from the Old Testament, and I'm telling you parables, and they come from the same source. They're all from the same God. So that relates to us as the church because we as the church, we're already a content machine, if you will. We're constantly studying the word of God 
on our own in our own homes. We're studying it in settings like this. We're studying it in Bible classes. We're always generating thoughts and information that comes from God. And so what we have is an opportunity to give the world treasures, treasures that come directly from God. So knowing what is at stake, souls are at stake, but also knowing what's possible. Souls can be won for the Lord. What we are able to give the world needs to come from God through any means of technology that we may have. Churches are already content machines. We don't have to pay someone to write, quote, content to advertise or post. But we do often struggle with capacity, meaning we don't see a lot of, quote, content about how we live and about how we go about following the word of God. It's, we struggle with capacity, not content. We can shift that dynamic when we view the church the way God has viewed the church the whole time. The same is true for in-person interactions as it is online. We will have the most impact, exponential possibilities, when we are saturating the online world with truths and treasures that come from God and when there is a consistency that comes from God. The church online is less about a church page or a church account and more about its individual members being difference makers everywhere they are. We rightly say the church is not the building, it's our members. Well, the same is true for the online world. Well, what's the church doing for the internet? What's the church doing online? Well, the answer to that question is, what is her members? What do her members do online? That's the answer to that question. That, that's where our scripture reading for this morning connects. Because the church grows when what happens when every member is working properly. That member is equipped. It uses its talents, its skills, its knowledge to work properly. The body grows and it builds itself up in love. That comes, verse 15, the teaching of the truth in love is how leaders equip members. And we grow into the body of Christ. We make a difference for Christ and through Christ. As we shift our thinking, though, we, that, that's the message, that's the opportunity. But as we think about that, how do we go about making a difference everywhere that we go, online? How do we begin to, to think and to post in ways that make a difference? I want you to consider carrying your car to get the oil changed, maybe the tires rotated. And when you do, wherever you carry it, they're going to say, well, you know, we have 16 things that we check for. We changed your oil, we, we rotated your tires, but we also checked for 16 things about your car. Now, how would you feel? If they came back and they say we performed this 16-point inspection and, and our, our guy was a little lazy and he did 14 of the 16. He did almost all of them. You'd want to know which two he skipped, wouldn't you? Would you be okay with someone skipping a couple out of the 16-point inspection? Or maybe a little worse, what if they came back and they say we performed our standard 16-point inspection and one of them is in the red. You failed it but we didn't fix it. We just, you, you can handle it on your own. Now you expect for them to address something if it fails that inspection, right? Well, you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's there that Paul opens that chapter by saying, I could speak with all these beautiful tongues, I could do some great things by giving my body to be burned, I could possess great knowledge, but if I have all of those and do all of that and say all of that, but I don't have love it's worthless we could post a post that gets thousands of likes 
thousands of shares. It can meet the definition of a viral post or a viral video. We could get millions of subscribers. We could get YouTube to send us that silver plaque that, that people want to show off in their shots because they have so many subscribers. But if we do all of that without love, what have we gained? Interestingly, Paul closes second or first Corinthians, excuse me, first Corinthians 16 and verse 14. Let all that you do be done in love. Everything we do needs to be done in love. So, 16-point inspection. Before I make a post, before I share, before I like, before I post a video, before I send a text, do we carry it through a 16-point inspection of the 16 qualities that are in 1 Corinthians chapter 13? You have on the screen the ESV translation of those and then a paraphrase that I like to use just to help bring to life what those look like. Love actively endures hardship and seeks to ease the hardships of others. It's always kind. What would happen online if kindness was a leading value? Love does not judge up out of insecurity or judge down out of pride. What role do envy and jealousy play online? The comparison trap, FOMO, fear of missing out. Love is not full of itself and it acts appropriate to the situation. It does not manipulate others to get what it wants. How about that one through the lens social media and online? It doesn't try to manipulate a certain outcome, but instead it gives regardless of outcome. It has a long fuse and a short list. It takes a lot to get it riled up and it doesn't hold on to with resentment. It refuses to reward irresponsibility. It doesn't enable sin. It always magnifies truth. Have you thought about that one a lot? Is it, is it easy to share something that looks to be from an official news site, perhaps, but it's not true? Love always shines a light on what's true. It doesn't enable what's wrong. And then love stands over all things. It trusts inward in all things. looks forward in all things. There's a lot to discourage us, but we should always have a hopeful disposition because of Jesus Christ. Not because of us, not because of anything online, but because of our Savior. Love bears under through all things, and love never gives up. So make a difference. Don't just make a point. Seek to influence. Don't seek attention from others, but instead seek to influence for our Lord. Because we are part of a kingdom that's made up of different makers. I want us to go through some prompts our last few minutes together this morning. What would you post? Maybe what would you type? What would you film to share online through video platforms? If you were in these settings, these situations. Before we do that, actually, let me backtrack. How could you give the world, thinking of, of a tool, right? A phone or our computers as a tool. We're sending down treasures from God. We're not letting the world influence us through the, the funnel, but we're sending down the treasures from God. Think of how easy it would be to come up with five or seven different thoughts or verses per week from our own personal Bible study, from a sermon, from Bible classes. If we could just come up with five to seven, that's one per day for the weekdays. If you do five, that's one per day in a seven-day week. If you, if you do all days of the week, you have seven. See how simple it becomes to know that what we're already doing to feed our own lives with the word of God can now flow through us into the lives of other people. We have a regular plan to be able to post those and give those to other people. 
now let's do this prompting kind of thing. What would you post in these settings? What would you post if you were there on the hillside when Jesus fed the multitude? What if you were one of those who was starving, who was hungry, it was toward the end of the day, and you're wondering, where are we going to eat? And Jesus provides. Jesus multiplies this little boy's lunch. What would you say? What would you say about his power, about his compassion, about that boy's generosity? You'll never believe what happened. What would you post? What would you do with technology if you heard Jesus firsthand tell the parable of the unforgiving servant? This guy had an unimaginable debt cleared, but he refuses to clear a much, much smaller debt. If you heard Jesus tell that parable in person, would we be motivated, inspired to make a phone call, to reconcile with someone in the Lord because he's forgiven me of far worse I love and appreciate the forgiveness he's given me, therefore I cannot imagine withholding that forgiveness from someone else. What would you post if you are there at Simon's house? And you saw this sinful woman come in, and she watched Jesus' feet. You know, in our online age, I, I could see someone posting before Jesus ever speaks, like posting from a negative perspective. You'll never believe what this woman dared to do. Can you believe her? And Jesus praises her. Jesus says, your, your sins are forgiven. What a message to be able to share with the world to say, look what I saw. Look what my Savior has done. What would you post if you lost a pet and you found it? Maybe your cat ran into somebody's house because they left their door open. What would you do if you lost a pet but then found it? My pet was gone. You might post, hey, my pet's been missing. And then you update it and say, I found the pet. You would want to involve everyone in that celebration, wouldn't you? What if you lost something expensive and you found it? Back in December when it was that super, super cold spell, right before Christmas, I was cleaning out the car and I tried to throw some, some just kind of debris into the yard and my wedding ring went flying. We still haven't found it. I, I might get online and post about it if we do find that wedding ring. We find a possession. We want to involve others in celebrating its return. If you knew someone who ran away, maybe a child in your family ran away, would you post for people to look out for them? Especially what would you post if they were found safely? If they decided to, to return home? See where we're going with this? What would you post if you were a servant in the Father's house? Luke 15. The master told us to get this party ready because his son is home. He was dead, he's alive, he was lost, he's found. You'll never believe what's happened here. The celebration would be worth documenting and sharing with the world. I'm guessing the older brother might have had a post or two in mind if he had had social media. Maybe a negative slam when you'll never believe it. You'll never believe the dad has just let my brother come in. He's allowed resentment to overtake his life, that envy and jealousy. What would you post if you were the son? 
think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to go home and, and, and try to reconcile, and maybe he'll at least let me be a servant. And then later that night after the celebration is over and you're ready for bed, I'll never believe him. He wants me back. He, he wants me back as his son. And he pulled out everything that was great and beautiful. And I'm back. And I'm his. So if we know the love of the Father today, this morning, we see what a great opportunity it is to share that love, to share it daily, to share it often through technology. To view it as a tool, a helpful tool, a valuable tool, but not an end to itself, but a tool for giving the world the treasures that come from God. This morning, though, you may be here and you don't know, you do not know the love of God. Please know that he wants you to know it. He's made it available through his son. We'd love to help you today to come to know him, to obey his son, Jesus Christ, to put him on in baptism where he forgives, where he saves, and where he adds you to his church. There'll be shepherds up front to help you if you need to use this time to make your life right with the Lord. You need to come to him. Come now as we sing.